Lords of Limited is proud to be brought to you in part by StarCityGames.com. Not only are they the home of the top content and coverage on the web, they're also the world's largest independent retailer for Magic the Gathering singles and supplies. For more information, visit StarCityGames.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Warney, and joining me on the line is the king of the HOU <laughs> flashback drafts, Ethan Sachs. Ethan, what has been up in the world of Five Color Green? Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I've uh, been really diving into the Hour of Devastation flashback drafts, which will be up for, you know, a day and some change when this episode goes live. So if you haven't dipped your toe in, it's on Magic Online. It's excellent value as well, because the like packs that you can use to enter are like 250. So you're paying seven bucks. And if you two one, you get 10 bucks of uh stuff back but also it's just such a great format so many fun build arounds abandoned sarcophagus imminent doom getting the five color green with like sifter worm and all the life gain it's just it's a great format then drafting red white aggro when your friend comes on to skype and bullies you into taking removal over manolith i know can you believe it can you believe we're still friends after that <laughs> how uh, how are things with you i know you haven't been uh, playing hou yourself but maybe you've been doing a bunch of theros yeah i've been doing some thb finally got a chance to play with dream trawler and Ooh. it is as good as advertised did not trophy though because i had faced a black white opponent that had entrancing liar every time i drew my dream trawler ripped me Oof. um but I'm also getting to play with QR Best, the Sea God right now. And it I, I will say, like, the format doesn't even feel fun when I have those cards because I just have them on my hand and it's OK, live until I can cast this card, like, yeah. which is also not very interesting. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you uh, I think it was like three picks into the Skype draft you did for HOU and you were like, this is a great format. <laughs> I know it's so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we're, we're still cruising and, and trying to figure out some some stuff with Theros Beyond Death, but it does feel like a format that has settled. It feels like maybe the five color deck that we talked about last week is perhaps the last uh, thing to explore in the format. I have been enjoying exploring it, though, for what it's worth. Oh, for sure. It's definitely opened up like a ton of like avenues, I think, throughout the draft and, and deck building. And I will say it's been really sweet to see all the tweets that we've been getting and all the messages in discord about people exploring that deck and how to build it and asking us about mana bases or cuts or whatever. That's been really, really fun to get to see since we did that episode. Absolutely agree. All right. So this week, we're going to be diving into a Theros Beyond Death full 45. We're going to look at an entire draft, maybe, maybe even two if we have time, but we don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the show goes. Um, so we're going to look at all 45 picks, sort of talk about the thought process throughout the draft, then look at the build at the end, talk about how the deck performed, etc. Before we get into any of that, we got a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. We got to talk about the Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Lords of Limited is where you can go to give back to the show if you so choose. Of course, the show is always free, but we want to make sure that if folks are giving back to the show, that they're getting access to some goodies. Base level goodie is access to the Lords of Limited Discord 24-7 limited tech support. The best place on the internet. I really mean it. The best place on the internet to talk about all things limited. We've got other higher rewards for higher tier donations, access to our show notes, access to our draft logs and deck picks, access to a private section of the Discord, and even access to some coaching sessions from the Lords of Limited themselves. And each and every week, we want to make sure that we shout out our new patrons. And this week, we're welcoming to the fold Jake, Stephen, Revan, Joseph, Luis, Joshua, Patrick, Gabriel, and Tristan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your support. Yeah, cannot say thank you enough to everyone that supports the show, whether it's watching a YouTube video, tweeting a deck pic at us, whatever. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And speaking of the YouTube channel, just a friendly reminder that we are pumping out those videos. This past week, we had uh, four new videos posted, a draft from you and a draft from me, and uh, what's the play video as well from you and myself. So all that content is available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lords of Limited. Go head on over there, click that subscribe button and uh, enjoy the content. All right, Ben, are you ready to take a seat for the full 45 of Theros Beyond Death? I am. Let's do it. Okay, so pack one, pick one. You see the following cards as options. In terms of top commons, we've got a Warbriar Blessing, a Traveler's Amulet, and a Deny the Divine at common. Ooh, Traveler's Amulet in the top commons now. I like it. Sweet. Uh, and then moving on to the uncommons, there's a Stinging Lionfish. That's the one in a blue 2-1. Whenever you cast your first spell during each opponent's turn, you may tap or untap target non-land permanent. I feel like there's not a lot of ambushing going on with the Lionfish with that untap clause. It's usually used for a little, little tap occur. Creature. I agree completely. Uh, Phalanx tactics, not very exciting. One and a white for the instant. Target creature you control gets plus two, plus one until end of turn. And then each other creature you control gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. 
Gray Merchant of Asphodel, three black, black, two, four. When it ETBs, you drain your opponent equal to your devotion to black. And our rare, which I think is going to blow everything out of the water, is Tectonic Giant, two red, red for the three, four. Whenever it attacks or becomes the target of a spell an opponent controls, you choose one. Either it deals three damage to each opponent or exile the top two cards of your library. You choose one of them. And until the end of your next turn, you can play that card. Yeah, this is a clear Tectonic Giant. If that weren't in the pack, I would be on Gary. And I think if Gary weren't in the pack, Warbriar's Blessing would be my pick. I'm three for three with you on that ranking there. And I, I think Traveler's Amulet is actually next. Yeah, I think so. Over Deny the Divine? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that's crazy. Um, so I grabbed the Tectonic Giant, moving on to pack one, pick two, following cards as options. Again, Warbriar Blessing and Traveler's Amulet and Deny the Divine, I think, as the three best commons in the pack. Uh, looking at the uncommons, all three are here, as well as a rare. So someone took a common out of this pack. We see Siona, Captain of the Pileas. That's the one green, white, two, two. When it ETBs, you look at the top seven cards of your library, you can reveal an aura from them. And whenever an aura you control becomes attached to a creature you control, you make a one, one white soldier creature token. There's Shoal Kraken, the four and a blue, three, five with constellation, draw a card, then discard a card. Reverend Hoplite, four and a white for a one, two. When it ETBs, you make a number of one, one white human soldier creature tokens equal to your devotion to white. And the rare, I still think very underrated by the community at large, is Treacherous Blessing, two and a black for the enchantment. When it ETBs, you draw three. Whenever you cast a spell, you lose one life. And whenever it becomes the target of a spell or ability, you sacrifice it. Yeah, unfortunately, nothing really to match up well with our tectonic giant here. I mean, we've got good options. For me, this comes down to Warbriar Blessing versus Reverent Hoplite versus Treacherous Blessing. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, the card with the highest ceiling out of the three of those is Reverent Hoplite for me. I have not loved Red Green as an archetype. Tectonic Giant is in the four drop slot where you want a lot of your four powered things and it's only got three power. I mean, it's still a busted card, obviously, and you'd be happy to have it in your Red Green deck. But I think I want Reverent Hoplite here and I want to see if White's open. And if not, I'm happy abandoning this Reverent Hoplite as well. Yeah, so this may have been, I think it's close for what it's worth. And I think you're higher on Hoplite than I am. What that probably means is that I'm lower on it than I should be. I think the community at large has that card pretty high. Um, my thought here was that if I'm moving into red, white, like I really want to play Tectonic Giant, if at all possible. And if I'm moving into red, white, generally my red, white decks are heavier white, which makes Tectonic Giant being red, red a little awkward. Not that you'd cut it. But that, you know, you really want that card to come down on turn four whenever possible. Um, and I don't dislike red green as an archetype at all. Um, so I, I was happy to take Warbriar Blessing here. But I think any of those three picks really are defensible. I agree. It feels a little bit of a toss up. Yeah, like you, I could I could select one at random and I would not be unhappy. Right. It does feel like preferences, like which would you rather pair Tech Giant with? I do think it's probably the worst paired with the Blessing. Not that Red Black isn't a good archetype and it's obviously the best home for Blessing because you'll have options to sacrifice it. Um, but I think then you're looking at a more grindy deck and then Tectonic Giant gets a little worse. Yep. All right. So I grabbed the Warbriar Blessing here. So we'll be moving on with that in mind. Looking at pack one, pick three, we see our third Warbriar Blessing at common. Uh, other commons to throw out there. There's a Venomous Hierophant and an Underworld Ragehound. And then we've got two uncommons left in the pack and no rare. Uh, Hero of the Winds being the first, the three and a white one four flyer with the heroic trigger. And Daxos Blessed by the Sun, the white white two star toughness equal to your devotion to white. And whenever another creature you control ETBs or dies, you gain one life. Yeah, so if I had taken Hoplite, I would be happily slamming Daxos here. Yeah. Since that is not the case, I think after taking Warbriar Blessing, really, I mean, Daxos is better than the rest of the cards in the pack, but not enough so that I think you really want to move into white for it. So I think I would be trying to decide between Ragehound and Warbriar Blessing. Ragehound's a good card, goes with my Tectonic Giant, gets me deeper into red. Warbriar Blessing, I think, though, is enough of a better card than Ragehound just intrinsically that I'm more interested in taking the second Warbriar Blessing here. And then Red Green, I think, is the archetype where Warbriar Blessing excels the most because you can really beat down. You have a high creature count. Like that's everything you want to do. Yeah, it's a really huge tempo play for what it like offers you to do. Uh, yeah, so I grabbed Warbriar Blessing here as well. Feeling a little bad about passing Hoplite into Daxos. I definitely think that that was like a better route if i could go back and do it i'd be happier with that than the double blessing but you know just make the best decisions with the information you have at the time so tech giant and two blessings in our pile moving on to pack one pick four what a doozy this is going to be ben so uh 
commons to keep in mind here. There's a sentinel's eyes, a return to nature, and a daybreak chimera. And then our uncommons, there's a want Sage of Mysteries, single blue for the O2 with constellation target player Mills 2, and Rise to Glory, three white black for the sorcery, choose one or both, return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield, return target or a card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah, this is a rough pick for your route through the draft so far. Yeah. I'd be I'd be slamming Daybreak Chimera. Yeah. Um, but where, where we're at now with the tech giant and the two Warbriars blessings, I don't know. I mean, we're, I don't think I'm happy taking Return to Nature this highly. Right. The, the buzz at the start of the format was that it was Doomblade. It has just not not been the case, I don't think. Who was saying that? I don't know. Some guy <laughs> with a podcast and a stream. Ugh. So I think we're branching out into another color here. You could take Daybreak Chimera as a white signal and say, you know, we've been seeing white. I'm going to take this Daybreak Chimera and move in right now and try to do that. Moving into white for Daybreak Chimera feels pretty bad because yeah, if you right. don't get there on heavy white, Daybreak Chimera is not a good card. Like you need to be, you know, 11 planes, a lot of white one and two drops to really make Daybreak Chimera a good card. So I think I would just take a speculative pick on Rise to Glory here and see what comes. Yeah, that was my thinking as well. And I don't know if that's right. Like, th I think there's a part of me that feels like you just got to take your lumps at a certain point and say, I think white's flowing. I think I should jump in for Daybreak Chimera. But the thing that you're saying and the thing that I think we've felt since coming down on Daybreak Chimera is that moving into white for it feels bad. You want it to be the payoff for you being base white rather than the incentive to be base white. Exactly. So I took Rise to Glory here and thinking of it like we were talking about it last week that it's really maybe not even a white black card, but a secret five color card because of how many auras you often end up with there with Myers Grasps or Apathies. And we've got two Warbriar Blessings already, which could pair nicely here. So I took the card that I thought had the highest upside. If we're base green with the Blessings, then maybe we can really get there with fixing with omens and caryatids plus the colorless fixing. So I was sort of thinking ahead with that. And that's why I took Rise to Glory here. Yeah, makes sense to me. So pack one, pick five commons to consider. We've got an Omen of the Sea, Mogus's Favor, Lampad of Death's Vigil, and another Daybreak Chimera as the cards in consideration. Boom, baby. Lock me in for that Daybreak Chimera. All right. So at, at a certain point. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> well, we just got to give up on the mono white dream that we would have had. Yeah. Uh, so with where we're at right now, so we've got the two Warbriar's Blessings, we've got the Tech Giant, and we've got Rise to Glory. All we're missing is a blue card to be five color. <laughs> I mean, I think we might as well lock it in right now and take Omen of the Sea, right? Well, it's also the best card in the pack, right? I agree. I, I, I sounded kind of sarcastic, but I think <laughs> like I think that is what we're supposed to do here. I mean, Lamp Out of Death Vigil is fine and all, but you're not like getting into black for a lamp pad. I right. guess you you could, but I think if if we're already thinking with Rise to Glory that we might want to be five color, Omen of the Sea is very good in that deck. We have not sorted out by any stretch yet what our base colors are going to be. Mm -hmm. So it's possible still at this point we end up base blue. This is a late Omen of the Sea. I think it's totally reasonable to take it here. And that is what I took as well. Pack one, pick six. Some good commons here. In green, there's a Satessan Training and an Ilea's Forerunner. Uh, there's another Omen of the Sea and a Deny the Divine and an Omen of the Dead as well. Yeah, I do like Omen of the Dead. So I think, again, though, you've already got the Rise to Glory. So I don't think Omen of the Dead is that important at the moment. And I think, you know, we just picked up an Omen of the Sea. Seeing a second Omen of the Sea in a row, two of the best, you know, the best blue common, pick five and pick six, is a pretty big sign to me. So I think I would snap up the second Omen of the Sea here and maybe be looking to be base blue. And you've got a lot of filtering then as well. Yeah. And that is what I grabbed there as well. Pack one, pick seven. Uh, blue cards, if we're going off the Omen of the Sea train here, we've got a Triton Wave Rider and a Brine Giant. More white fodder for you in an Omen of the Sun. And I'd say those are probably the, the three cards to consider here. Yeah, there's a Hero of the Games too. We've not seen a red card that we've been interested in since Tectonic Giant though, which is pretty rough. Yeah. So I think, you know, Ultimately, having seen the two Omen of the Seas, their enchantments that are going to sit on the battlefield, Brian Giant is just the biggest boy other than Nyxborn Colossus, and it's infinitely better than Nyxborn Colossus. So I think it probably just is generally the biggest thing. Yeah. And I like it there, not only with the two Omens that we have, but the two Warbriar Blessings as well. Though Brian Giant is currently our only creature if we're, you know, taking Tectonic Giant out of the picture, which I think at the moment, unfortunately, we have to. Ooh, yikes. Pack one, pick eight. Uh, in terms of blue cards, there are none. In terms of green cards, there's a plummet. 
And in terms of best cards, I think Triumphant Surge, the three and a white instant destroy a creature with power four or greater, you gain three life. And I guess Wings of Hubris as well, though we don't have creatures right now. I mean, Wings seems a little ambitious here with our creature count at two. Yeah. So I think you could take a sideboard plummet. I think you could take a sideboard triumphant surge. I think either of those choices are fine. Yeah, I grabbed surge if I'm trying to keep the the five color dream alive at the moment, which I think I kind of have to because I don't have a direction that's good otherwise at the moment. Uh, I don't mind main decking triumphant surge at all. Yeah, I agree. It's a fine main deck card. Pack one, pick nine. Here we're seeing on the wheel, the deny the divine came around, an omen of the sun, an oread of mountains blaze. Relentless Pursuit, and Traveler's Amulet. Boom, baby. Snap that thing up. Yeah, so Amulet getting on in, and then pack one, pick ten. We see that Amulet that we saw in pack two come around, and that's uh, probably going to be taken over any of the other options. Omen of the Sun, Scophos War Leader, nothing really to speak of. Yeah, I think you snap up the second Amulet here. There's also a world where you could have, I think, taken Oread into Scophos War Leader here and tried to solidify yourself into red-blue with the Tectonic Giant. Because mm-hmm. we haven't seen great red cards, but these are quality red cards that are wheeling, right? Right. Oread was, the, Oread was the best red card out of your pack one. Scophos Warleader was the best red card out of your pack two. So I, I do think there's a, a world where if you wanted to, you could do that as well, and that, that would be totally reasonable. I guess so. I, I feel like the highest upside, or maybe it's just like I feel like it's the new hotness or it makes me, you know, feel smart or whatever to build the five color deck. But it feels like getting the two amulets, you know, allows us to potentially play the tech giant. But, you know, that's really not the best card on the double splash, as we talked about last week, just because it's an aggressive card, but really just opens us up for for any goodies we get in the next pack or pack three as well. Yeah, I think it's it's a choice of investing in the future versus Mm -hmm. playing it safe and trying to play the rare you have right now. And I, I think I agree with the amulet choices. Um, and rounding out the pack, we had a Nyxborn Colossus, a Glory Bearers, a Relentless Pursuit, Irreverent Revelers, and Arena Trickster. Just like a bunch of junk, basically. Yep. So where are we at at the end of pack one here? At the end of pack one, I've got sort of a, a pick here of what I was thinking about as my main deck at the moment, which is double amulet, double Warbriar Blessing, double Omen of the Sea, Triumphant Surge, Rise to Glory, and Brine Giant. And thinking about... I've got a good spot to be in in terms of going five color with the double amulet. Um, I probably want to be base blue with the double omen. Um, I've got rise to glory with the two warbriar blessings. What I really need is creature count right now. Yeah, I think creature count and settling in on something other than base blue. Like when I look at these cards, I think you also have just a very reasonable start to a blue green enchantment deck, like a blue green splash, whatever enchantment deck. Absolutely right. Double Blessing, Double Omen is a really good home and a good start for that deck as well. Right. Like we don't need necessarily to play Rise to Glory or Triumphant Surge. But wouldn't it be sweet if we could? It would absolutely be sweet if we could. Yeah. Well, I think that sort of split is going to play out here in the early part of pack two, which we'll get into right now. Looking at the commons available to us, there's a Thirst for Meaning, a Return to Nature, uh, Omen of the Forge, the Red Omen, and Nylea's Forerunner, I would say, as, as green and, and blue cards and powerful cards as well, like Omen of the Forge and Thirst probably being the best of the bunch. I guess also we should mention Blight Breath Catablepus, though we're kind of far from that. And then our uncommons are Binding of the Titans. That's the one in a green saga. Chapter one, each player mills three. Chapter two, you exile two cards from graveyards. For each creature card exiled, you gain one life. And then chapter three, you return target creature or land card from your graveyard to your hand. Mystic Repeal, that's the single green instant put target enchantment on the bottom of its owner's library. Furious Rise, the two in a red enchantment at the beginning of your end step. If you control a creature with power four or greater, you exile the top card of your library and you can play that card until you exile another card with Furious Rise. And just about the worst rare in the set, Nyx Lotus, the four mana legendary artifact, enters the battlefield tapped and you can tap it and choose a color to add an amount of mana of that color equal to your devotion to that color. Yeah, this is not a good pack. It's not a good pack. We have the option to play anything and there's (laughs) nothing we're interested in playing. Right. Uh, which is a bit of a bummer. So I think we're trying to decide on the best card for what we have right now. You could take a Nylea's Forerunner, which is fine, not exciting. You could take a Thirst for Meaning, which is fine, not exciting. You could look at maybe splashing an Omen of the Forge or getting into red as a base color with the Omen of the Forge. I think any of those options are reasonable. I think I'm most excited about our Omen Omen right now. So Mm -hmm. I think I would take Thirst for Meaning, but I I could see any of those three cards being fine. Yeah, I was thinking Omen Omen felt like a good pairing with the Thirst and Thirst 
for the same reason that Thrill is good, Thirst is good in the five color deck, allowing you to like churn through your library. So I was, you know, not the most happy to grab this card here, but I still think it fit in our uh, game plan pretty nicely. Yeah, definitely a piece of the deck. Pack two, pick two, see uh, a thirst for meaning at common and really, again, nothing really and really nothing else to speak of at common in terms of top tier cards. We're not seeing any good removal or like efficient creatures or anything at the uncommon slot. There's a Nessian Wanderer, the one on a green one three with constellation. Look at the top three cards of your library, reveal a land and uh, put it into your hand. And then the, the other two on the bottom in any order. Hateful Eidolon, single black, one, two, lifelink. Whenever an enchanted creature dies, you draw a card for each aura you control that was attached to it. And the rare is still here in Temple of Malice. That's the black, red, Scryland. Yeah, again, another unexciting pack. I think the best cards in the pack are the Wanderer and the Hateful Eidolon. And I think Wanderer does fit what we're doing very well. Like we have two Warbriar Blessings. We have the two Omens. We've, we've got a lot of enchantments running around. I think we have intentions of picking up more. So I think Nessian Wanderer also is going to dig you for your splash lands, as we talked about in our last episode. So good pick up here. Yeah, and that's what I grabbed. Pack two, pick three. Now we've got some interesting picks. Uh, Omen of the Sea and Satessin Training at Common cards that we care about there's still a daybreak chimera for ben's nutty white deck and then at uncommon there's utropia the twice favored ding 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 one green blue for the two two with constellation put a plus and plus one counter on target creature it gains flying until end of turn anax hardened in the forge the one red red star three power equal to your devotion to red and when it or another creature you control dies you make a one one unless its power was four or greater in which case you make two one ones uh, and Perforos's intervention, the X and a red sorcery at rare. You choose one, either create an X1 red elemental creature token with trample and haste, sack it at the beginning of the next end step, or it deals twice X damage to target creature or planeswalker. Yeah, this feels like serious decision time right here. Mm-hmm. In, in, in what sense? In the sense that we're deciding between Utropia and Perforos's intervention for me. And I think, you know, if you take Perforos's intervention, we're probably playing Tectonic Giant and we're maybe playing like some sort of teamer monstrosity. <laughs> and if you take Utropia, you have outs to be like a very civilized base blue green enchantment deck. And I think Perforos's intervention is a better card. It also lets you put Tectonic Giant in your deck, which is a very good rare. But I think Tectonic Giant's best when you're like curving into it in a focus deck. Like Tectonic Giant is not the best rare in a five color brute, right? You want to be putting pressure on your opponent. You want to have removal. You want to slap an Aroas's blessing on it after you cast it and then jam. So I think coupled with the fact that we need creatures, I think Utropia is the pick for me here over Perforos's intervention, despite the fact that intervention is a better card. We could splash it and it lets us play Tectonic Giant. I don't know. That's a weird spot. Yeah, I see. I, I'm a little lower on intervention, I think, than you. I, I think I agree that like pack one, pick one, I take an intervention over Utropia. But it feels like we're really well set up to have Utropia here. Like, again, in the same reason that Nessian Wanderer was good for our deck, like we've got the double omen, double Warbriar blessing life already. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I agree. I mean, I would be on Utropia here. It just feels a little odd to me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I, I grabbed that here and I, I'm now feeling like, oh, do I just have to draft a good blue green deck right now? Like sort of set myself up to be this multicolor monstrosity. But here we are with a Utropia. So uh, we'll see how things shake out. Pack two, pick four. Uh, green commons, we've got a Loathsome Chimera and an Ilea's Forerunner. There's also a Deny the Divine. Best common in the pack is Iroas's Blessing, the three and a red aura deal four, and it gives the creature plus one plus one. And then three uncommons still in the pack. Phalanx Tactics, we talked about earlier. Mirror Shield, the like equipment that gives plus O plus two and Hexproof and the weird like blocked by a Death Touch creature, you kill that creature clause. And Hydra's Growth, the two and a green aura when it ETBs, you put a plus plus one counter on the creature. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you double the number of plus one plus one counters on that creature. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, right? So if we had done what I had talked about at the end of pack one as another option, like if you'd taken that Oread and Scophos Warleader. Yeah. Like, and then you take Omen of the Forge into whatever, into Perforos's Intervention, into Aroas's Blessing, your blue red deck is looking pretty good here as well. Mm hmm. As it stands, after taking Utropia that last pick, my brain is I'm blue green mm -hmm. and have a chance to splash something if I wanted to. Like I'm sort of off of four to five color goodness right now. Like Rise to Glory is not even in in my brain anymore. I agree. And I think I'm settling on 
loathsome chimera here as just we need creatures it's our first escape car it's going to let us use the graveyard as a resource so i think a, a clear loathsome chimera for me here but very interesting to see the number of possible routes through this draft right like we saw a great white lane just based on what card you take pack one pick two and then as we've gone deeper you know potentially blue red or blue green or like some sort of teamer base deck depending on choices you make along the way so i, I want you to be honest with me here ben because I, I do think probably the best route through the draft would have been the mono white deck in retrospect but do, do you feel like it's sort of like a toss-up between the decks or the choices in terms of playing tectonic giant or do you think i moved off of it too quickly i think if you don't take reverend hoplite pack one pick two it's pretty difficult to get into white. Yes. Like, can you do it? Like, do you know white is open? Yes. But it's hard. That's that's the worst thing about this format for me. Is that like, you're a good drafter. You know by like pick four after you pass the Daxos and you see the Daybreak Chimera that white's open, I think. Or, or that you've seen a pretty clear white signal. But it feels like you're disincentivized in this format to take Daybreak Chimera. So I, I don't think you're wrong for not drafting the white deck if you don't take Reverend Hoplite pack one, pick two. I do think you abandoned Tectonic Giant a little bit, but I don't think it was wrong necessarily. I think I think it, the decision point for me in abandoning Tectonic Giant is those two Traveler's Amulets. Yes. And I think you made an informed decision that you would like to try to open up future power for yourself rather than draft a safe blue red deck or red green deck and i think it 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 takes some thinking like i didn't even really realize it until i was like we haven't really seen any red and then on the wheel i thought well that's really weird those are two playable red cards mm -hmm. and i went and looked back at the packs and they were the best red cards in their pack so i think i think that's a a toss-up choice and i don't i don't fault you for taking the amulets there okay that's that's good to hear i was Curious what your thoughts were. Yeah, I ended up, so back to this pick, I ended up taking Loathsome Chimera. Just as a nod towards creature count, like we already have two Warbriar Blessings. If our creature count were higher, then I do think taking Iros's Blessing here is totally reasonable considering we do have the two amulets and it works nicely with our Constellation triggers that we already have, but we really just got to get creatures in the deck right now. Pack two, pick five. See the following cards as options. At common, we've got a Witness of Tomorrows, an Underworld Ragehound, Omen of the Hunt for more splashing and constellation. Nexus Wardens, if we're feeling like we want to be a little bit more defensive and have our, our little like 1-4 reach with gain 2. And then Ben's favorite card at Uncommon here in Scophos Maze Warden. That's the 3 and a red 3-4. Pay 1 to give it plus 1, minus 1 until end of turn. And uh, if you have Labyrinth of Scophos, you get to do some cuteness as well. Yeah, I think this is a clear witness of tomorrow's. We want to be blue-green. We have enchantment shenanigans going on. Best card in the pack. I think you snap it up here. Yep, that's what I grabbed as well. Pack two, pick six. I don't think there's much to discuss here. There's a Metamized Prophecy. That's the one in a blue saga. You like scry two, then choose a card name. Then when you cast that card name, you draw two cards. And then chapter four, look at the top card of each player's library. I don't think there's anything else to speak of here. I agree. Slam that prophecy. Pack two, pick seven. Another nice pickup for the blue-green constellation deck is a Witness of Tomorrows over, you know, Sweet Oblivion, Hero of the Winds. But I think Witness is just the best card in this pack. Yeah, and it slots perfectly into your deck. Got right. a slam Witness there. Pack two, pick eight. No blue cards. The green cards, we've got a Plummet at Common and Chainweb Arachnir at Uncommon. That's the green one, two with Reach. When it ETBs, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature with flying and opponent controls. It's got Escape, three green, green, Exile, four cards. Comes back as a four, five. That card's not making your main deck right now. It's not, right? But it's a better sideboard option than Plummet, I would think. No, I agree, yeah. Yeah, so I grabbed that here. I mean, the best card in the pack is like maybe Transcendent Envoy, the one-two flyer that makes your auras cheaper in white or Heliod's Punishment, the like temporary removal spell. It's not, not a great pack, but it's also pick eight. Yeah, I think so. Pack two, pick nine on the wheel. We snap up a Return to Nature over a Gift of Strength. And then the pack rounds out with like nothing super exciting. A, a Nyxborn Marauder, two black black four three constellation triton wave rider which can make some blue green decks that's the hill giant that gains flying with constellation and then some good just green beaters on the end here annihilia's forerunner uh the five three enchantment creature with trample that gives all your creatures trample that's a great late pickup for you great pickup and hyrax tower scout i think either red green or blue green is the best home for this card just the three mana three three in green uh, and then a bronze sword last pick boom so where are you at mentally at the end of pack two here? Like, what are you thinking? What does your deck look like? Sum it up for us. I mean, surprisingly, it took me a, a bit of time to like 
I think t- probably later than it should have. But really, I think towards the end of pack two, I was like, oh, I'm just blue green. Like <laughs> I've, I've got these amulets, but I don't really have anything to do with them because I, I mean, I'll probably play them still at least one because of the loathsome chimera and just like it's it's fine to replace land with that. But other than that, I'm like, I think I'm probably just a blue green deck. And honestly, looking at it, it's a good looking deck. It's got a good curve. We did end up picking up a number of creatures. We've got a lot of constellation triggers. We've got two cards that care about constellation in the Wanderer and Utropia. We've got a way to use the graveyard in Loathsome Chimera. We've got removal with double Warbriar Blessing. We've got velocity with double Omen and Metamized Prophecy. Like, I'm feeling pretty good about the deck. Yeah, interesting that you don't have Thirst for Meaning in the deck right now to me. Is that a mistake here, or do you not like it with what we've got right now? That's not a mistake. I don't like Thirst for Meaning in my assertive blue-green decks for a, a couple reasons. So one, right now I'm feeling like we've got Velocity with two Omen of the Seas and Metamize Prophecy, and all three of those trigger Constellation. Thirst for Meaning doesn't, and so I don't feel like I need that sort of like card draw, escape hatch, whatever, for like binning things with Thirst for Meaning if it's not going to like contribute to either beating down or the Constellation Synergy. Makes sense. And so I think looking at this for myself, like priorities for me is filling out the two and three part of the curve. Like we've got great top end right now, but cards like Destiny Spinner, things like that are going to be really high pickups for us in the in the coming pack. Yeah, Skull of Grove Dancer would be nice. Just like anything that's going to work towards our Utropia game plan. And I think it's also important to note that we do have two amulets. We probably don't want to like splash around aggressively with a deck that's looking like it wants to be a streamlined curve out deck, but that we do have that option. Yeah, agree 100%. All right, so pack three, pick one. If we're thinking about being just sort of streamlined blue-green, we've got Vexingull and Ichthyomorphosis as the best options for us here. And then probably best cards in the pack, looking at Grey Merchant of Asphodel at Uncommon. We don't really care about that. But we did win a bit of a lottery here, Ben, in opening Heliod Suncrowned, the two and a white god it's a 5-5 five, five indestructible. Whenever you gain life, you put a plus one plus one counter on target creature or enchantment you control, and you can pay one in a white to give another target creature lifelink until end of turn. Is that still serious dollar bills on MTGO? It's still like a, a free draft, yeah. Boom. Yeah, I mean, I think you're snapping that up here regardless, but also like Heliod's great just as an enchantment that says one in a white target creature gains lifelink and whenever you gain life, put a plus one plus one counter on something. I think you're I think you're taking Heliod with the intention to splash it here off your two travelers amulets. 100% agree. And it feels good like, you know, we're, we're getting a bit paid off here in a in a very real sense from taking those two amulets, but I do think this format offers that to you a lot of the time. Can you imagine my mono white deck right now? Oh my gosh. I knew it. I knew you were going to bring it up again. (laughs) (laughs) Pack three, pick two. Uh, Best commons in the pack. Probably the best common in the pack is Dreadful Apathy, the two and a white enchant creature. Enchanted creature can't attack or block, and you can pay two and a white to exile enchanted creature. Um, We we had this come up in a YouTube video, Ben, with Flicker of Fate. Do you want to talk about this for folks who maybe haven't seen this interaction yet? Yeah. Yeah, so Dreadful Apathy in tandem with Flicker of Fate. So if you have your Dreadful Apathy on an opponent's creature, you can pay two and a white and put the ability Exile Enchanted Creature on the stack. And then while that ability is on the stack, you can cast Flicker of Fate targeting your Dreadful Apathy, which will blink it off the creature. And then when an enchantment comes into play from, you know, when it's already been on the battlefield, if it weren't cast, you choose a target for it to attach itself to. And then after you select the new creature for Dreadful Apathy, your ability of Exile Enchanted Creature resolves and the creature goes into Exile. Yeah, so you get to reassign the Apathy and Exile the initial creature. So a little wombo combo there. There's also another Traveler's Amulet if we want to take that. And then in terms of being blue-green, I think the best card is one with the stars, the three and a blue, or at Uncommon, Enchanted Permanent is an enchantment and loses all other card types. Basically, four mana pacifism. Yeah, it's close here, I think, between One with the Stars and Dreadful Apathy. One with the Stars makes your mana easier. We're already wanting to include some number of planes for our Heliod, though. So I think Dreadful Apathy is enough better than One with the Stars that I would take it here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thinking about, well, if the amulet wheeled out of the, you know, our first and second packs of the draft back in pack one, that this amulet could also wheel. Yeah, I think... That makes perfect sense to me. So pack three, pick three. We've got a Witness of Tomorrow's as the best common for our 
deck, more uh, fodder for Ben's mono white deck in Reverend Hoplite at Uncommon, and then we're still seeing a rare on the pack in Protean Thaumaturge. That's the one in a blue 1-1 one, one with Constellation. You get to make it a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it retains this ability. Yeah, that's a perfect pickup for our deck. You're slamming Protean Thaumaturge here. Yeah, and Thaumaturge is just r- really good in general, but especially good in conjunction with Omens. Like Getting to make it a copy of something at instant speed is very tricksy. Pack three, pick four. Uh, in terms of blue and green cards, I think the best one in the pack is a Wolf Willow Haven. That's the one in a green aura that enchants a land and lets the land tap for an additional green mana. And you can pay four in a green to sack it to make a 2-2 wolf creature token. You can only activate this ability on your turn, though. And then best cards in the pack, uh, there's a final flare at common and hateful Eidolon at uncommon, the, the single black one, two lifelink. Yeah, I think you're just taking Wolf Willow Haven here. Nothing super exciting going on. It is a good two drop in the deck, though, because it's going to be relevant late for constellation triggers, and it's going to ramp us towards things like Witness of Tomorrows. Exactly. Pack three, pick five. We've got a choice between Nyxborn Seaguard and Loathsome Chimera. And, you know, I think we're trying to be more aggressive. So I think taking the three mana four ones better than taking the four mana two five even though the sea guard is an enchantment agreed pack three pick six still a number of blue cards in the pack though none of them super exciting stern dismissal probably the best main deck of the bunch and sweet oblivion best sideboard card of the bunch and then a nexus wardens as well as the the, the two and a green one four reach constellation gain two yeah i think you take the sweet oblivion for the board here you're not gonna miss much nexus wardens is a little out of place in our deck that wants to beat down i mean you'd play it but mm-hmm. It's fine, whereas Sweet Oblivion can be game-breaking out of the sideboard. Right, that was my thinking as well. Pack three, pick seven, Naiad of Hidden Coves as an enchantment creature that's going to make also like our omens cheaper, I think is is pretty nice to pick up here. Nothing much to speak of. Rounding out the draft, we do get another Brine Giant, pack three, pick eight, which is awesome. A second big boy, and we've got a lot of enchantments to make it cheaper. Pack three, pick nine, getting Vexing Gull on the wheel is nice. That's going to slot in pretty well. Uh, it's also cheaper with our Nyad. Nyxborn Colossus, pack three, pick 10, but we've already got the Brian Giants doing better job than that. Pack three, pick 11, ding, 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 another Witness of Tomorrows. That feels great. And then uh, Sleep of the Dead, Farika's Libation, Towering Wave Mystic, and Inspire Awe, the, the three and a green, like, bad fog effect as our last picks of the draft. So I would assume you ended up blue-green, splashing Heliod, and the Dreadful Apathy. That is 100% correct. Uh, ran 24 spells, including the two amulets, had a split of seven forests, seven islands, and two plains uh, for the splash. I feel pretty good with because with the two amulets, that's like a 9-9-4 mana base. Pretty evenly split with blue and green. What's really nice here is that we have no double blue and no double green pips in the deck. So I think our mana base is pretty dang good. Cards of note that are not making the main deck here. Thirst for Meaning, as we talked about earlier. Uh, Hyrax Tower Scout just didn't feel like we needed the, the random three mana three three, though I think it would be fine in this deck if we were short on playables somewhere. Sideboard options, not a ton. Chainweb Arachnir and Sweet Oblivion probably being the, the two cards of note. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, so this deck was really fun to pilot. Ended up going 2-1 and getting my, uh, my money back with that Heliod. Boom, baby. You must sit down at one of mine. I can't wait. All right. The full the full 90, maybe. The full 90. We, we, we can do it. This episode can go a little long. People ain't going to be mad. All right. So pack one, pick one. You see the following cards as options. As far as top commons, there's not really any here. The most that stick out to me are Omen of the Dead and Elysian Carry Added. Moving on to the uncommons, only one really worth considering pack one, pick one is Acolyte of Affliction. Two black green for the two three when ETBs put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard and then you may return a permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. And our rare boom baby, the aforementioned Perforosa's intervention, red X, choose one, make an X one red elemental with trample and haste or deals twice X damage to target creature or planeswalker. Yeah, I think much like Perforosa's intervention versus Eutropia, I think Perforosa's intervention versus Acolyte is close but pack one pick one i think you just have to make the nod towards the single colored spell that is what i did and slammed perforos's intervention moving on to pack one pick two as far as commons there's a loathsome chimera and a hero of the pride hanging out as well as a lamp ad of death's vigil not quite in the top black commons but i think noteworthy Mm -hmm. and then moving on to the uncommons nessian horn beetle is really the only one that sticks out as pickable here one green for the 2-2 at the beginning of combat on your turn. If you control a creature with power 4 or greater, you get a plus 1, plus 1 counter on Horn Beetle. And my arch nemesis <laughs> in the format, 
Elspeth's Nightmare, two and a black, first chapter, destroy target creature and opponent controls power two or less. Chapter two, you duress your opponent. And chapter three, exile target opponent's graveyard. Yeah, I mean, second best black uncommon, second best uncommon in the set, in my opinion. Elspeth's Nightmare is the slam dunk pick here. Moving on to pack one, pick three with the Perforosa's Intervention and the Elspeth's Nightmare. See the following cards as options. In the common slot, there is a Hero of the Pride and a Blight Breath Catablepus as far as staying on track with black. Nothing really noteworthy in the red camp. And then moving on to uncommons, there's a Rise to Glory, three white black. Return a creature and or an aura from your graveyard to the battlefield. And Calafee, beloved of the sea, one blue blue for the star three. Power equal to your devotion to blue and your stuff costs one more to target by your opponent. And rare, want want Temple of Malice, the Black Red Scryland. You have a black card and a red card. Don't want want the Temple of Malice. Oh, get out of here. We're not taking that. Well, you're taking Blight Breath Catablepus here. I mean, Elspeth's Nightmare is a card worth fighting over black for, and Catablepus is a great follow-up to it. But I do think if Catablepus is a blank here, that that's what I'm taking. Mm, I would be on Hero of the Pride myself. Yeah. I think for, for my money, the... The Intervention and the Elspeth's Nightmare are both powerful enough and splashable enough that Temple of Malice makes me feel like, well, if I get pushed off of either one, I could potentially still play it. That's fair. I think the tools exist to splash other than Temple of Malice. Like, yeah, yeah. So if, if Temple of Malice were Traveler's Amulet, are you taking Traveler's Amulet over Hero here? 100%, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. So see, I, just, I may I have a different. sickness. That's also uh, part, <laughs> partially what, what we may be talking about here. <laughs> All right, moving on to pack one, pick four, with now the Catablepus added to our pile. See the following cards as options. There's a Witness of Tomorrows and a Vexingle as blue cards, but probably not good enough to push us off red or black. Now there's an Underworld Charger. I like that guy a lot more than you. Two and a black for the 3-3, three, three, can't block, and has escaped three for four and a black, and it escapes with two plus one plus one counters. There's Omen of the Forge, and then a boatload of white cards in a row here. There's Alina and the Lost Pride, Daybreak Chimera, Hero of the Winds and a Dawn of Angel all still hanging out in the pack. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, this is pretty interesting because I think the power level of the, a lot of these cards is pretty equal. It's kind of flat here, but I think the nod for me is going to be we've got Intervention already in our pile, like to play it, and Omen of the Forge pairs nicely with that. And you've got a pretty decent start to a, a red-black deck here. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because the, I, I started feeling already at pack one, pick four, it kind of feels like white is open, right? We got, yeah. we can't really read signals, but there's still a hero in pack one, pick two. There's a hero in pack one, pick three. And then now all of these white cards here, two of which are uncommons and the daybreak chimera, but it doesn't feel like any of them are quite good enough to move into white for. Right. I mean, well, we're not seeing, I don't think we like either of these uncommons very much in Hero of the Winds and Dawn of Angel. And as we've talked about before, Daybreak Chimera doesn't feel like it's in the top three white commons anymore. And Land of the Lost Pride certainly isn't. So we're seeing like card quantity, but we're not necessarily seeing quality here. I agree. So I took the Omen of the Forge as well. Moving on to pack one, pick five, see the following cards as options. There's an Incendiary Oracle to go along with our red black deck. No black cards in the pack, so... Maybe a little worrying that we might be getting cut out of black. Mm -hmm. And then a Daybreak Chimera here, still chilling out. And Uncommons, there's Birth of Miletus, the one in a white saga that lets you get up planes, then a wall, then gain two life. And then Mr. Repeal put target enchantment on the bottom of its owner's library. Man, Ben, imagine if this is the full 90 that we're doing today, the white deck you could have had would have been insane from my draft <laughs> into this draft. I know. <laughs> you know, again, I don't think you're supposed to move into white for Daybreak Chimera. I've done it enough in the format and it's felt bad enough the times that I've done it because of like, you know, you've just end up with these five mana three, three flyers that aren't cheaper generally, or maybe sometimes they're four mana, but it's just they're really clunky a lot of the time I've found. So I'm happy to take Incendiary Oracle here to go along with the red cards you have. I did as well, but I was starting to feel a little bit of regret because it, it feels, I don't know, that's just a tension in this format for me that I feel like I know white is open, but I don't move into it. Like that's awkward. I just don't know. Yeah. When, when are you supposed to do it though? I guess it's pick four. But there's there's just no world where you're supposed to take Daybreak Chimera as your first white card over Omen of the Forge as your second red card. I agree. I agree. So moving on to pack one, pick six, see the following cards as options. There's a Transcendent Envoy as the only white card in the pack. Portent of Betrayal as I think the best red card in the pack. There's also an aspect of the Manticore. I guess you can make a case for that. And again, no black cards. Yeah, I mean, 
it's tough. I think it's close between Aspect of Manticore and Portent of Betrayal here for me. Neither card is a card that I like. And if black is dry, Portent of Betrayal is going to be a lot worse. But this could be a draft where like, yeah, black isn't open from the right. But because you didn't pass any black cards, you're going to see it open from the left. And I think I might be hoping for that and just take the Portent here. That's what I was thinking, as well as, you know, if you pick up two Scophos War Leaders, all you need is like one lamp pad or something, and then you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I took the portent over Transcendent Envoy, but there was part of me that was considering that Transcendent Envoy still, as crazy as that is. Yeah. Wow. That is kind of crazy to me. Moving on to pack one, pick seven, you see the following cards as options. There's Traveler's Amulet, get out of jail free. (laughs) Oread of Mountain's Blaze, one in a red for the one three, and you can pay two in a red to rummage. Omen of the Sun as the best and only white card in the pack. And a Flummoxed Cyclops, probably, if you're not interested in the Oread of Mountain's Blaze. And again, no black cards, no blue cards. Best green card is a Binding of the Titans. Yeah, you just take your get out of jail free and Traveler's Amulet here and move on. Yeah, I think it's it's reasonable to take an Oriata Mountains Blaze here, but Traveler's Amulet offers a lot of future upside in the draft. Yeah. Moving on to pack one, pick eight. Best red card in the pack is Final Flare. Only black card that's really worth considering Grim Physician. So you're not like black is black is cut. Like we can just sort of say that. And then best white card in the pack, a Daybreak Chimera. So really experiencing... You know, my favorite quality of yours as a drafter <laughs> is a little bit of regret here. Hindsight, for not moving hindsight into white. regret. Yeah. 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 I mean, sure. So there's some, someone's got a great white deck to your left and that you're just going to have to get over it. I think Final Flare's fine. It already pairs nicely with your omen um, and I think it can inform some future picks as well. And, you know, if we get to seven mana, if we run the portent, you know, there's a world where yeah. that happens. Unlikely, but could come together. For sure. Pack one, pick nine. We snap up an Oread over Nyxborn Marauder and Funeral Rites. Uh, due to the fact that Black has felt largely cut and Oriata Mountains Blaze, again, gives us a lot of future flexibility, sort of does a reasonable thrill of possibility impression. Right. I mean, it may seem like, well, you've got two black cards left in the pack, but let's remind ourselves that there was the Acolyte of Affliction in that pack, as well as Omen of the Dead and Venomous Hierophant. So it's not like people were passing black cards out of this pack. Right. And then pack one, pick 10. There's still a Hero of the Pride in this pack. And at this point, my heart is really hurting. Uh, but I do take the Hero of the Pride over a Rap in Flames here. And, you know, there's a world where maybe we don't get white in pack two, but I think we can be pretty confident that white is going to flow in pack three. Yeah, I think that's fair. Pack one, pick 11. We snap up a Brine Giant out of a pretty empty pack. Pack one, pick 12. We wheel the Dawn of Angel and the Hero of the Winds out of that pack that had the four white cards in a row. Was it pack one, pick four? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we wheel two white cards out of that pack that are both very playable. And we take the Dawn of Angel. Uh, Pack one, pick 13, take an Unknown Shores. Never would I have been excited about an Unknown Shores, pack one, pick 13. But I do think it's not nothing in this format. Mm -hmm. And then Satyr's Cunning and an Island to round it out. So at the end of pack one, feeling fine, not great. (laughs) You're probably feeling very why me at the moment. No, I'm not. I feel like I was disciplined. I feel like what we talked about, like that it was not correct to move into white, just turned out that white actually was very open and wheeling the hero of the pride. But I do think wheeling the hero of the pride, like that's by far the best white card we saw all pack. Like I'm, I'm more excited about the hero of the pride than I would be having, you know, two daybreak chimeras or something. Right. Like I think if, if you had moved in for those two daybreak chimeras and you don't wheel the hero of the pride, you feel terrible, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that hero of the pride wheeling is largely a mistake by my draft pod. But that's a mistake that you hope to capitalize on at the very least in pack three if you sort of hedge like, hey, I think white's going to be open. Right. So right now my deck looks like this, I think. So there's a Perforos's Intervention, Omen of the Forge, Incendiary Oracle, and Oread of Mountains Blaze, a Final Flare, Elspeth's Nightmare, and a Blight Breath Catablepus. So we don't have like the highest card quality in the world. In fact, our, I think our card quality at the end of pack one is quite bad. And then we have the option maybe to play white with the Hero of the Pride and the Dawn Evangel. I don't think your card quality is bad. It's hard to say bad when you've got BBC, Nightmare, and Intervention, and Omen of the Forge, and Oracle. I, I think like I think it's a bad card quality, assuming that you're going to get pushed off of black. Yeah, okay. Which I think is a fair, is a fair assumption to make, but looking at those seven cards, if you were like, this is the seven cards I have at the end of pack one, I'd be like, all right, looks good to me. Sure. So moving on to pack two, pick one, see the following cards as options. Best red card in the pack, Incendiary Oracle. Best white card in the pack, Dreadful Apathy. And best black card in the pack, Inevitable End. And best get-out-of-jail-free card, Traveler's Amulet. <laughs> Though I, you, you are not taking Amulet here over 
either of the removal spells at least um this is it feels bad to have kind of like decision time here at the start of pack two for for cards that feel like equal ish in power level in apathy and inevitable end i mean apathy i think is better but you know i this you sort of have to make a decision of do i think white or black are gonna be open from either direction like assuming black is open from the left but also assuming the white will be open from the right in pack three it's a toss-up here i think for me i would have stuck to black with the black breath catablepus and elspeth's nightmare being really strong and also hedging that black will be open from the left of this pack and i would have taken inevitable end yeah i settled on dreadful apathy because i was reasonably sure after wheeling the hero of the pride that white was open not only from the right mm-hmm. but just open at the table in general yeah if a card the quality of hero of the pride is wheeling whereas like you can also do the thing where black's cut from your right and you're thinking you're going to get hooked up from black from the left but your neighbor also thinks that same thing, right? And then you get, and then you get sandwiched on black from both sides. No, it's it definitely a risk here to take the inevitable end for sure. Yeah, so I settled on apathy, but I do agree that's a very close pick. Moving on to pack two, pick two. You see the following cards as options: no interesting red cards, dreadful apathy as the only white card in the pack, and best ca- black card in the pack, either Mire Triton or Agonizing Remorse. Yeah, but I think once you've taken the apathy, pack two, pick one, this is a pretty clear apathy, pack two, pick two. Yep, I agree. Slam the apathy there. Moving on to pack two, pick three. See the following cards as options. No real quality red cards. Best one is probably Stampede Rider. There's also a Rapid Flames in the pack. Transcendent Envoy as the only interesting white card in the pack, which is not saying much. And then there's a Lampad of Death's Vigil chilling out here, one in a black for the 1-3. You pay one to sacrifice a creature and each opponent loses one life, you gain one life. And rare in the pack, Kunaros Hound of Athreos, one white black for the 3-3 Vigilance Menace Lifelink. Creature cards in graveyards can't enter the battlefield and players can't cast spells from graveyards. I still don't think I've cast this card. I have played against it though. It's uh, highly medium. Yeah, not great. Yeah, I mean, I think you got apathy, apathy. You're probably thinking you're red, white at the moment. No good red cards. Best white card for you is Transcendent Envoy. So that's what I would take. Yeah, I took Transcendent Envoy. I was thinking I could could and probably would splash Elspeth's Nightmare at this point. Yeah, I guess you've got the amulet in the shores so far. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think Nightmare gets it's most effective like on turn three or four because that's when you have the opportunity for it to have the secret chapter of you win the game when you just get the clean two for one so it's i think less good on the splash but but still probably powerful enough to do so i think it depends how streamlined your red white deck is right i agree was keeping the option open i guess yeah for sure pack two pick four see the following cards as options there's a scofos war leader as the best and only red card in the pack for us there's also a Warden of the Chain, but we are way far away from that. Uh, Sentinel's Eyes as the best white card in the pack, and Lampad of Death's Vigil as the best black card in the pack. Yeah, I'm surprised here to not see you taking your favorite card in the format, Sentinel's Eyes. I think that's what I'd be on with... You've you've only got one hero so far, but assuming that you'll, you'll get more down the road. Yeah, I think I was not quite convinced I was white here. And Scophos Warleader made my portent of betrayal that I have look a lot more appealing, hmm. I think was my thought process. And Scophos Warleader has just gone up a lot for me. 4-5 is gigantic in this format. Yeah, it's very good. It's, it's strange for me to hear after you go Apathy, Apathy, Envoy, and getting that late hero that you think you're not red-white. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was fighting it a little bit, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Yeah. I, I do agree, looking at this pick right now, it feels really close to me Mm -hmm. moving on to pack two pick five see the following cards as options there's a scophos war leader a sentinel's eyes so same same decision we just faced down as well as a pious wayfarer hanging out here in the pack and back to no black cards yeah and i think again we're gonna see i'm again surprised to see you not take wayfarer but it looks like we're having the same decision of like maybe you think you're not red white at the moment well or that i wasn't gonna be heavy white i think like so pious wayfarer is great when you're like 10 11 planes right right it's it's less good Like, we don't have a very high enchantment count right now at all. We've got the two Dreadful Apathies, we've got an Oread, and an Omen of the Forge. Like, we're not doing it 
with Pious Wayfarer right now. Yeah. So we, we would have to be getting pretty hooked up in pack three for Pious Wayfarer to turn into a good card. I do think it's close between Sentinel's Eyes and Scofo's Warleader. And again, I took the Warleader thinking, okay, second Warleader fills out the top of my curve and I can now play Portent of Betrayal pretty happily. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. The, the, war, the double Warleader really does open up Portent as a main deck card for you. And then moving on to pack two, pick six, take an Incendiary Oracle out of an otherwise empty pack, get deeper into red, great two drop. Moving on to pack two, pick seven, take an Indomitable Will here out of, again, an empty pack. Nothing really going on. There's a Dawn Evangel there as well, but I wanted a way to target my hero. So moving into red-white, I think, uh, after this Indomitable Will pick. And then pack two, pick eight. This pack is stacked for red-white. There's a Pious Wayfarer, an Omen of the Sun, and Ethan Sachs format all-star Scofos Maze Warden. But even more importantly... We get a pack two pick eight hero of the Nyxborn. One red white for the two two when ETBs make a one one soldier token. And whenever you target it, creatures you control get plus one plus oh until end of turn. Yeah. I mean, if if you weren't convinced about being red white earlier, I think you should be now. Yeah. So took hero of the Nyxborn and I'm locking in red white in my brain right now, except we don't have tons of ways to target our heroes, which is, you know, red white's primary game plan. So definitely need to be on the lookout for that. Pack two, pick nine, we wheel our third Scophos Warleader, which feels great. So now Portent of Betrayals in the main. Pack two, pick 10, Flummox Cyclops. Pack two, pick 11, we wheel Rapid Flames, which is great considering we now have two heroes that we want to target. We're not the most aggressive of red-white decks at the moment. Mm -hmm. So at the end of pack two, I do feel like I'm red-white. Curve sort of looks like this as far as creatures. We have two Incendiary Oracles, a Hero of the Pride, and an Oread of Mountains Blaze in the two-drop slot. In the threes, we've got Hero of the Nyxborn as our only creature. Fours, we've got Flummox Cyclops. And then at the five drop slot, we've got our triple Scophos Warleader. So we're sort of a mid-rangey-ish red-white deck. We've got a lot of removal into Dreadful Apathies, Perforos' Intervention, and Omen of the Forge, and then potentially still splashing that Elspis Nightmare. Yeah. So how are you feeling at this point? I feel fine. I feel like my red-white deck isn't quite aggressive enough, so I need to be picking up more cheap threats, more ways to enchant my heroes, and preferably more heroes. Regretting not picking up you know, one of those two Sentinel's Eyes we saw, I think my red-white deck would look a lot better if I had done that, mm -hmm. and really not sure why I didn't do that in the context of the draft, as you pointed out. Like, I think probably should have snabbed one of those two copies. Yeah, so I, I, think, I think I'm red-white aggro. Great. Feeling a little low on power, though. Sure, that makes sense. Moving on to pack three, pick one. See the following cards as options. Only common in the pack that's really noteworthy is a Myers Grasp. I guess there's a Leon of the Lost Pride if I wanted to fill up my two drop slot a little bit. And then the uncommons only card in consideration for us is Dreamstalker Manticore. Two and a red for the four two. And whenever you cast your first spell during an opponent's turn, you get a ping something. Yeah, I think for me, this seems like a... a Somewhat straightforward Dreamstalker Manticore, but I don't see that as the card highlighted in our draft log viewer, so I'm excited to hear your thought process. <laughs> that is not the card that's highlighted <laughs> in our draft log. I'm a greedy boy, and I took Myers Grasp. I, I was still resisting red-white. Uh, I had the Traveler's Amulet. I was thinking, you know, Elspeth's Nightmare was a lot better than a lot of my white cards. I don't know. There, there's a world where you just take Dreamstalker Manticore here for sure. I think it's also important to note that you've got only five white cards in your main deck at the end of pack two and you've got 18 playables in that uh, configuration and we're not even showing amulet there which could just get thrown into the deck so like you could still think that maybe black is going to flow in three i guess but or you're thinking about splashing but i i i'm concerned about splashing in an aggressive deck yeah i was with this pick i was thinking maybe i was going to go back towards red black splashing the two apathies right okay because when i when i looked at my deck it was red white and i knew white was open but it looked pretty mid-range and red white mid-range i think is not where you want to be agree 100 percent. okay so moving on to i did take the myers grasp noted that you would take the dream stalker manticore moving on to pack three pick two you see the following cards as options best red card in the pack scofos war leader only white card in the pack rumbling sentry and then you've got a choice between final death and mire triton as black cards in the pack yeah i mean you feel pretty happy about taking mire's grasp here and following it up with final death i think and either you're thinking about splashing a ton and looking for some more fixing in this pack or you're just thinking about switching back to red black yeah so i took the final death and was thinking about pivoting back to red black moving on to pack three pick three 
this is really where <laughs> the main decision point happens. Some stuff went down here. So best black card in the pack, Rage Scarred Berserker. Best white card in the pack. There is a Hero of the Pride here for me that would go perfectly in my red-white deck. And then the rare in the pack is Nadir Kraken. One blue-blue for a 2-3. Whenever you draw a card, you pay one. And if you do, you get a counter on the Kraken and a 1-1 tentacle token. Holy curveball, Batman. So I'm assuming that because we're talking about it that you took Nadir Kraken here. Yeah, I did, in fact, take the Nadir Kraken here. I think this was a close pick. I think we could have drafted a very nice, normal-looking red-white deck. Nadir Kraken is an absurd card. It's far and away the best card I've seen in the draft up to this point. We have a way to make playables fairly reasonably because we're so deep into red. It's a little greedy with only one Traveler's Amulet in our pile right now, but we have a Brine Giant chilling in the board as well. It's not totally unreasonable, and all we're giving up on here is Hero of the Pride. Yeah, when I initially saw this pick, I thought you were out of your mind. But hearing you reason through it, I think makes a ton of sense. Like there's a real world here where you end up red blue and all of your good removal is super splashable with double apathy and the nightmare, the final death and the Myers grasp. Like you've seen an altar of the Pantheon in this pack. I think there's one in, in some previous packs as well that you could hope to wheel that would help you get towards fixing as well as maybe you get an amulet in the next few packs. So I think this is actually a really smart pick that I wouldn't have made. I think I would have just been tunneled on red, white and taken hero of the pride and not had a good deck like you like you said you just don't have ways to target your heroes right you've got indomitable will and rap and flames right now right i have two ways to target heroes and it would be i think it would be a different story if i had one or both of those sentinels eyes sure i think if you had one or both of those hero of the pride is a lot better here right yeah i think the way i navigated this draft or the way i would have navigated this draft with taking the white cards in the middle of pack two where you didn't would have left me with having to take hero here, but I really like the pickup of Nadir Kraken. All right. So moving on to pack three, pick four, really weak pack. We instantly snap up Traveler's Amulet. Yeah, that's a godsend for you. Yeah, feels great. Pack three, pick five, no white cards in the pack to speak of. There's just a Glory Bearers, and there is an Underworld Rage Hound to go along with our could have been red, white aggro deck, but there's a Mischievous Chimera here, blue, red for the 2-2 Flyer, and whenever you cast your first spell during each opponent's turn, you deal one damage to that opponent and scry one. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's worth mentioning Altar of the Pantheon here as well. Um, I think I might have been tempted by that just because you've got playables, you've got power level now that you've decided to move into blue for Kraken and splash your white and black removal spells. But and you can take Mischievous Chimera as well, thinking that you're base blue red. That's what I did. I was thinking I was base blue red, and I thought it was fairly likely that I wield one of the two altars mm -hmm. out of pick two or pick three, and I didn't want two altars in my deck. Yeah, that makes sense. And so now we've seen three altars in the first five picks. So I, I, I've got pretty good odds of one of those coming around. I would hope so. Moving on to pack three, pick six, we snapped up an Omen of the Forge here out of a pretty empty pack. No white cards really other than an Indomitable Will, which we would have taken to target our hero. But I think Omen of the Forge feels great here, given that we're planning on playing, you know, a multicolor route and the cheap removal really excels in those decks. Pack three, pick seven. There's a Pious Wayfarer still in the pack. I mean, we, we would have gotten there on a good red white deck as well. It, it would have been medium. It wouldn't have been hero focused. And I think that would have made it medium. It would have been like dudes in removal, which is not like the most powerful or synergistic thing that red white can do. Yeah, that's what I think. So I, I do think the Deer Kraken deck ended up more powerful. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we picked a Wings of Hubris, pack three, pick seven, pack three, pick eight, the godsend of the draft. We get a third Traveler's Amulet, which means we are really doing it. Yeah. I took that over an Incendiary Oracle and an Underworld Rage Hound, as well as a Daybreak Chimera still in the pack. So definitely a world where Red White would have happened. And I, I think, I don't know, it's very, very close. And I think the Sentinel's Eyes were the tipping point. We should call this episode the White Decks That Could Have Been. <laughs> yeah for sure pack three pick nine we wield that Dreamstalker manticore which is just absurd so you're like the only red drafter at the table yeah i think so and then pack three pick 10 we did wheel and alter the pantheon snapped it up pack three pick 11 hero the pride wheels again <laughs> which is just nonsense yeah pack three pick 12 final flare pack three pick 13 arena trickster and pack three pick 14 wings of hubris and then last pick mountain so I think, honestly, those Sentinel's Eyes were the turning point for not having an excellent red-white deck. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that makes I think, sense. I think had I had those two Sentinel's eyes, we would have been red white and not taken the Nadir Kraken. But without those, I think Nadir Kraken's right. So maybe I just messed up. Maybe the mistake was not taking the two Sentinel's eyes in pack two. Well, I don't think you take two of them. I think you take one and then you take Wayfarer. I don't think it's a world where you're ending up with two in the middle of pack two. That makes sense. So the deck ended up base blue, like base red, honestly, yeah. but but base blue red. And we did splash Myers Grasp, Elspeth's Nightmare, Final Death and two dreadful apathies and the mana kind of worked so with the we had three travelers amulets planes unknown chores so we had five white sources for the two dreadful apathies uh so we had a swamp unknown chores three travelers amulets so five black sources for the three black cards which is a little light um and one honestly the biggest piece this deck was missing was filtering so we have no right. possibilities. We only have the one Oriata Mountains Blaze. Mm-hmm. So we were pretty dependent on, like we didn't have a lot of velocity to churn through our deck. We were pretty dependent on our draws. So I, in that sense, I don't think we really got there on the four color good stuff. Like the fact that this heavy base red deck has no thrills in it is pretty disappointing. You also, it feels kind of bad though. Like the war leaders and the Brian Giants are just keyword big, but like you would have really loved an Omen of the Dead in this deck as like, Yo, you killed my Nadir Kraken, now I get it back. Right, for sure. And then we had five islands and the three Traveler's Amulets, so plenty of blue sources for the Nadir Kraken to come down. This deck was powerful. We ended up one-twoing. Um, we faced Dream Trawler in round one, lost a Dream Trawler. Round two, we beat Ashiok twice out of our opponent, which Oof. was pretty sweet. And then round three, lost to a sweet deck from a listener of the podcast. They had uh, the Boar and uh, Pelucranos. They had the boar and Pelucranos, and they had Enigmatic Incarnation to go pod for their Pelucranos. So one of the games they played Incarnation in the next turn, or at the end of that turn, potted for Pelucranos, which was absolutely absurd. That's gross. Yeah, their deck was very sweet. It was very powerful and had good rares, and we could not compete. So I think I think the deck was powerful. We unfortunately got matched up against some even more powerful cards. Yeah, no, I, I really think that that Nadir Kraken pick is super interesting, and I am glad to hear you reason through it because i think on face value i would have missed it and i assume a lot of our listeners may on face value think that pick seems crazy but i really really think it was correct given what you had i also had alex in the chat egging me on to taking deer kraken oh yeah quarter calls is a great influence on people i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah so Full 90 there. Boom. Yeah, that's a Lord's Limited first. Great place to wrap things up. Thank you, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Come check us out on Twitch and Twitter. I'm at twitch.tv slash Lord Tupperware. Ben is at twitch.tv slash Mr. Metronome. Mr. is spelled out. We're both under those same usernames on Twitter, and you can also tweet at the podcast at Lords of Limited. If you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Lords of Limited. Thanks, everybody. See you later. So moving on to pack three, pick six, snabbed, 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 (laughs) nabbed and snapped up.